Yeah, I think, um, you know, the conversation around opportunity is yeah. one we've been having a lot here because I, that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> um, you know, and I think there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, I know it also sucks. I'm not saying it doesn't suck. And I've said that in every single podcast. Um, but I also think it's very interesting. I mean, just in, a, you know, what I do, yeah. the amount of compliance I have to understand and the amount oh, of tax law I need to understand. And now I'm a banker. Right. Uh, and now I'm a bank processor and now I have to do PPV loan forgiveness. Like no. all of these things that really are not in my scope or my expertise, I have to be an expert at now. I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Um, all right, let's go. Um, so today on the podcast, we'd like to welcome Allison Bagor. She's an executive and leadership coach who helps small business owners, who helps small business owners. There's a period there. With over 18 years of experience in human resources, coaching, and leadership, Allison has worked to create successful human resource strategies that hire the right individuals while keeping employees engaged to grow successful companies. Allison is passionate about helping you achieve your goals and become a, and become a high-performance leader. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so Allison and I actually know each other from a baby center <laughs> birth board. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> from a... Uh, long ago <laughs> 2010 yeah, I can't believe worked. our babies are almost 10 no I can't either um oh. but yeah so there's a small fraction of faction of people that kind of spun off of that larger board uh and Allison's one of those and she's in Kentucky yeah that's awesome so can you tell us uh what was your first job uh my very first job was probably babysitting. I babysit a lot mm -hmm. for the neighborhood. I had a couple of kids down the street that I loved. And I know I used to watch Saturday Night Live at their house <laughs> after they went to bed. Um, and then, of course, there were some of those families with the really kind of wild children mm -hmm. who tested your limits and screamed. And I learned not to take those jobs again. So it was a good early lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I think my first job working for someone else, um, I worked one summer for a music venue in the Chicago area, and I had the great job of patrolling the lawn and letting people know when they were breaking the rules or sitting on horses on side streets, letting them know they couldn't park there. Both really terrible. Jobs. So how does that translate to current HR? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that at least for the uh, telling people the rules, that translates to HR all the time. Yeah. A lot of people just don't want to follow them and break them and figuring out how to be nice and courteous and calm while also enforcing policy has been a useful skill. I would think so. Yeah. Um, I was just telling somebody, my, my a personal trainer were laughing this morning. I, don't, I only enforce rules I don't think are dumb. The rest, yeah. I'm just like, mm -mm, no, that's a stupid rule. Sorry, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's incongruent with my belief system. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm one of those HR managers while I joke with my team. I'm like, we may be required to be at work all day, but I'll be honest, I expect this much, you know, this many mm -hmm. hours of good work. And if you finish your goals, I don't care what you do with the rest of your time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. But that's the new way of work, right? That's, that's the new way of work. And that's and something we're going to talk about. Up, so. 
So give us the cliff notes of your uh, career journey. Ah, cliff notes of my career journey. I actually started out as a musician. Uh, so I went to college uh, for music. I actually spent a summer in Colorado. I was going to be a performer playing orchestras. Decided that I actually liked having a social life on nights and weekends. I didn't want to be other people's social lives. Wow, really? <laughs> so I pivoted and started doing uh, administration. So I've worked in a lot of different fields, mostly small businesses, nonprofits, higher ed, um, doing some marketing work as well as financial work and then human resources for about the past 18 years. And a couple of years ago, I dropped all the financial accounting work and I've just been solely doing HR because I realized I love it. Mm -hmm. um, it's so much more than just the pushing paper and policies and processes that I think mm -hmm. a lot of people associate with it. If you can be really good and strategic, it can really help businesses grow. So, Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us more about your experience, um, building HR departments. Um, so I love working in HR and figuring out people's skill sets and mm -hmm. what they love to do. Cause not everybody wants to do the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. not everybody's passion is the same thing, even within HR. So my current team, you know, I have somebody who absolutely loves benefits. That is not necessarily my passion. I can talk it, but you know, it gets super specific and I'm like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Just take a plan. I don't care. Yeah. And there's another team member where she'll say the same. I'm happy to back her up, but benefits is not my jam. And so I think really figuring out what people love Mm -hmm. and then tailoring, not being afraid to tailor positions to their skill sets and even move projects around as they come up um, has really helped me build strong teams and then also keep people, you know, wanting to work for me and in my departments. That's awesome. So what have been some of the biggest successes in the teams that you've built? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say this year, actually, we had pretty good success. We launched an entirely new supervisor training uh, oh, awesome. for an organization that I'm working for. Um, we did a whole series of focus groups about a year ago to mm -hmm. really see what people thought about the culture and where the issues were, what they loved, and discovered there was a huge gap in people's experiences based on who they worked for. Mm. And so trying to come up with better supervisor training and leadership training to get supervisors at least closer to the same page, I mean, you're always going to have management differences, um, was one of our goals. And so we launched that in January. Of course, now with the whole world the way it is, <laughs> we've stalled out a little. I thought I'd have more time to mm. launch more modules, but we haven't. And now I'm actually rethinking of how we could help supervisors, you know, along the lines of managing virtual teams, mm. especially for those people who were so used to being in the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, my husband, um, you know, has always worked in offices. I mean, he'd work from home every once in a while. But now to see him working at home all the time, like it's been very a yeah. different situation for them. It's a huge uh, yeah, yeah. They're used to all sitting in the same, you know, cube area. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like a newer job for him too. So this is like I don't really even know my job yet, therefore, but I'm also remote now. <laughs> right. And now what do I do? Yeah. Uh we've always been a distributed virtual team. So but if I still have people who are like used to work in an office and would do my work while they're like do their work for me while they're in that office. But yeah. now we're working at home solely. Yeah. It's you know? And then, you know, my mom used to come here 
Yeah. Uh, Cause she's 25 minutes away and she likes to come hang out with me. So she would come here to work, but now she's working from home. I kicked yeah. her out. I was like, you can't be in my space. Here's your computer. <laughs> you gotta go. I mean, she's 71. Like you, you gotta yeah. stay home. I love you. You have to stay home. Um, so that's been interesting, but she's been my mother of all people has uh-huh. been the most productive of all of us. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, this is working really well. And she's like, no, I'm coming back. <laughs> okay, but then you just talked to me the whole time. And you know, <laughs> it's funny is I wasn't sure because I've been wanting to switch to being purely remote and work from home instead of in an office. But mm-hmm. I am very much an extrovert, so I wasn't sure I'd like it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely miss the getting coffee with people and going to lunch and that type of stuff. But I actually am much more productive working from home. So I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a really good way to like balance that. Yes. So like I'm a, so I'm a total introvert and I've always worked. I mean, I've always run the farm from home, but like I would go have coffee with my favorite people and we'd go to lunch, you know, like if you're on like my top tier list, you can have lunches, you can have coffees, like let's go do stuff. Right. Um, everybody else gets a Zoom call. <laughs> but like, you're on the screen. <laughs> yeah. You know, or like my podcast producer would come here and we would do in person podcasts for anybody that's local. I haven't done any of that. Like, I don't ever get to see him. So, you know, it's been a really different for us. And then even like not having my mom here. It's yeah. Too. Cause I'm like, I need to talk about some stuff going on in the, in the business. And she's like, you know, you know, because that's she was my sounding board for for stuff. Where I'm like, create this email. Am I being a total jerk? Yeah. Um, so well, it's different. I was talking to someone last week who needed help. She had she was really struggling with setting boundaries working from home. Mm-hmm. Mind, she wanted to prove she was working. <laughs> so she felt like in order to prove she was working, she needed to be online all of the time. Mm-hmm. And so doing that plus schooling her kids was not working out so well and she was pulling out her hair and working all weekend and it was like you don't you don't have to be online all the time like mm-hmm. that's not the expectation <laughs> yeah and I think it's are the deliverables still happening so yeah. I have two members that are never online but I'm like are you working on stuff like I don't expect you to be online I actually expect stuff to start coming out of there if you're you know goals. yeah or like I'll chat something and be like sorry I was doing and I'm like well I don't know why you're telling me sorry I do not yeah. expect I have never expected an immediate response. Yeah, um, anybody should be constantly connected. No, <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> I've been working a lot just because it's been crazy for me. Yes, me too. <laughs> but that doesn't mean everybody else does. Um, so what have been some of the biggest, did I, ask, I ask, did I ask you the obstacle question or the successes question? The successes question. Okay, so what have been some of the biggest obstacles in building successful HR teams? Um, obstacles are definitely coming up against managers. Well, I would say managers with different, you know, workplace styles. Mm-hmm. I find it to be pretty generational. Mm-hmm. At least as a stereotypical breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, if some of that hierarchy or those managers who only consider HR to be, you know, paying you every two weeks and deciding your salary and mm-hmm. your benefits and that's it. Um, who also want their uh, employees have their butts on the seats from eight to five. <laughs> Otherwise they're not working. Um, and so just trying to deal with those obstacles to get people to think about work in a different way and to think about HR in a more strategic way mm-hmm. um, has been interesting. So that actually just feeds right into my next question, which is, you know, many people believe that the HR function is to protect management um, and the organization. Um, how has that function changed 
Um, so I think that the HR function is actually to protect the institution and that includes employees. So mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of employees who do think HR should be only employee focused and mm -hmm. that really isn't the case. I mean, you know, we are there to help institutions protect themselves as well as to grow and to mm -hmm. meet their objectives. Um, and so I always try to work with, you know, business leaders about HR that, that strategically grows your organization, but mm -hmm. also does good by the employee. Yeah. And so that's actually one thing I've been enjoying about working over the past couple of months is people have been managing the COVID pandemic. You know, what can we do that helps protect mm -hmm. your institution that also treats employees fairly? Yeah, no, I love that. And people are having to figure out how that all works. Yeah. Um, so what have been um, some of the, um, you know, biggest shifts you've seen during this crisis and the stay-at-home orders and all of that? Uh, well, there's been the big shift about how do people work, mm -hmm. um, getting people who like to micromanage to cut it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, you have to develop a new level of trust with employees, mm -hmm. I think, if you weren't used to doing that before. Mm -hmm. um, a lot more, more compassion, because a lot of employees have kids at home that they're schooling, elder family care who've moved in, child care that's moved out. Um, it could be single people who are now totally isolated. I mean, there's just a lot of mental health concerns. So feeling, you know, figuring out how to do so with compassion. Mm -hmm. um, and then also jobs have been changing. Some employees can't work remote. I mean, you have to make the tough decisions of layoffs or furloughs, or mm -hmm. is there a different type of need that I have that those people could fill in mm -hmm. changing direction? Yeah, um, you know, I, I find it interesting how different people work from home, but also how different organizations, you know, we were kind of talked about like, you know, see work from home. Yeah. But there are definitely, you know, these hands-on, you know, like medical and, you know, we work with the veterinarians and dentists, like, yeah what are they supposed to do? You yeah. know, a lot of our veterinarians have shifted. Like they've, you know, they're doing telemedicine cause that's yep. probably what was the coming up next anyway. Um, you know, and I've talked to, you know, other practitioners and stuff where I'm just like, just get it all pre-scheduled. Maybe yeah. you can get some of them even prepay. Like we need to figure out what we're going to do on the back end here to make sure everybody's good. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the changes in healthcare have been really good, and I hope they consider they continue going forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, telehealth is so much more efficient. <laughs> like, so. no waiting, no driving to the doctor's office. Yeah, it's I laugh though because, like, my one experience with a telehealth um, practitioner was fine, she was awesome. Yeah, uh, but in Colorado, because it's so dry here, and I had a sinus infection, you actually have to, like, there's a certain amount of antibiotics we need here. Yeah. To actually knock it out and she didn't understand that so like I had to go back to my doctor for more antibiotics but now I know that right so right. if I have to do telehealth again I can be like hey do you need to give me more because I usually get a 14 day because this is Colorado and no humidity we're doing telehealth with our providers so not with the national mm -hmm. network but with our mm -hmm. usual providers um, and even when we had to go into the office once a few weeks ago, the protocols I had in place, and just like you said, you know, you could prepay, you can pre-book, you can limit who's in the office. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think a lot of those office staff who are just doing your scheduling and milling, they could work from home. They don't mm -hmm. need to be. <laughs> right. Or maybe they're in once, once a day or what, or once yeah. a week or whatever. Okay. It's actually, it's crazy. So my chiropractor was doing um, televisits. Oh, wow. Um, that, that worked. <laughs> right so most chiropractors probably can't do that 
but she has a very like exercise movement focused practice. So she works on extremities and things like that. Um, Dr. Carly Hudson with the Healing Ground podcast. Um, She, she's amazing. So, but like she'll adjust you and then she'll be like, okay, here are the issues I'm seeing. Here's your exercises. Right. So she's able to assess via like we just did a zoom call. She's also a really good friend of mine. And she's like, you need this and that. And I need you to be doing this. Oh, that's cool. And she's like, did that work? And I was like, I already feel like a hundred times better. I was like, I still need to be adjusted. <laughs> yeah. But at least for right now, <laughs> but for right now I'm in a little less pain. Right. And so it was so helpful. And then like, of course, like the next week she opened. And so, and she literally had to adjust everything, yes. but I now have more exercises in my arsenal. That's awesome. I wish my massage therapist was. <laughs> That's the one where it's like, ah, but I, uh, my PT's still been open. So we've been doing that. I've been still doing that. Um, oh, awesome. uh, but yeah, my massage therapist, I think she opens next week. Oh, okay. And I think yeah, ours has been in a few weeks, I think. Yeah. And it's just like, eh, you know, risk or reward, but I don't go anywhere else. Nick does right. a grocery shopping. I'm not going anywhere else. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, so what are you thinking, um, and what are you seeing, um, will be the long-term effects of these, of the shift and, you know, in work and culture? Um, I'm hopeful. I think it'll see how it goes over the next six months to a year. I'm hopeful that more people realize that work can be done from home mm-hmm. and that flexible work schedules become more of a thing that sitting in the office from eight to five doesn't work for most people, it's not necessary for most people, and that you'll actually have, you'll attract better employees and then retain really great employees if you do have more of that flexibility where they also can do what they need to do in their personal lives. Um, So that's one shift that I really hope comes out of this. I think we'll see a lot of new types of jobs. Um, And I don't even know what all those are yet, but I think even within the next six months, there's going to be people recruiting for a lot of new types of jobs to assist in this virtual environment, new health jobs, new types of compliance jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, Just think there'll be a lot of new opportunities and new opportunities for people to do different types of work in new ways. So I hope the flexibility and the realization that everybody really wants to do a good job and wants to work, or at least 98% of people, like nobody ever goes to work saying, I'm just going to screw this up today. So (laughs) trust that people can do the work. You hired them for a reason, trust that they get the job done. And if they're giving you the deliverables, I mean, give some flexibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the conversation around opportunity is one we've been having a lot here because that's what I want to talk about. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, I know it also sucks. I'm not saying it doesn't suck. And I've said that in every single podcast. Um, but I also think it's very interesting. I mean, just in, you know, what I do, yeah, the amount of compliance I have to understand and the amount of tax law I need to understand. And now I'm a banker. Right. Uh, And now I'm a bank processor and now I have to do PPP loan forgiveness. Like all of these things that really are not in my scope or my expertise, I have to be an expert at now. Yeah, it's um, like the CARES Act came into play and we had 14 days to understand it and implement it. Yeah, you know, we did, and yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I just did a panel discussion yesterday. They're like, well, what are you doing about this piece and that piece and the other piece? And I was like, like literally hadn't have time. Like we haven't had time. Like we'll be doing, looking at that stuff later. <laughs> 
Yes, I just kind of look at it as I need to yeah. <laughs> implement it. Yeah, as we can implement it. Um, yeah. And, you know, in the rush to the PPP loans, when really was that the best option for a lot of people? Right. Uh, you know, it's just a whole, like, we didn't, and this is not what accountants like. Yes. Right? We like, <laughs> we like certainty, at least around what we're supposed to be, like, working around, right? Yeah. We like guidance. We like to understand how stuff works. Not apply um, within 24 hours, even though you don't know all the rules. Yeah. I mean, we still don't know the rules. We're still building a plan. Like, they're literally still putting the outside on the plane. Um, yeah. And... Uh, you know, we didn't have any time to do any kind of analysis for anybody. Yeah, you just applied. It's like, yeah, here's your options, (laughs) but not because free money. And I'm putting that in quotes for everybody that's listening to this, free money. Um, You know, it was just a whole, it's been interesting. But I've also seen, you know, CPA firms shut their doors because they don't know how to work remotely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you've got to know how to be nimble, I think, and be able to pivot your business. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been a few, uh, one industry that's interesting to me is restaurants. Mm-hmm. And there have been some restaurants here that have really pivoted really well with their family dinners and curbside service. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watching the reviews that come in from them publicly and Facebook and how much business they're doing. I mean, hopefully they'll keep that as part of their business model, even when they reopen, because that didn't exist before. Yeah. But I know even for us, the ability to pick up family dinner so that I don't have to cook. I love it. <laughs> Our favorite Mexican restaurant where you literally have to get there at 445 if you want a table. <laughs> you have to call in at four now. Yes. To get and to sit on hold for 30 <laughs> minutes. <Yeah. laughs> I was like, why do they not have online ordering it? Online ordering it. <laughs> Um, but like I have a coffee shop that really is community based and that's what they do. And that's what they have, what they're created for, but they can't do that right now. Um, yeah. so they've implemented, you know, they're doing curbside or they're just doing, you know, takeout. Um, and they make these amazing, amazing pastries. Oh my gosh. Uh, they make amazing food too, but they've implemented online ordering. It's a, it's a huge difference when you can order online, mm-hmm. pay online. I'm going to tip you pretty large if you've mm-hmm. got the spot on there for me mm-hmm. to tip. Mm-hmm. And then all I have to do is you bring it to my car and I pick up. I mean, I just think it's super efficient. I know. If we didn't like that Mexican food so much, we probably wouldn't go there because they don't make it easy, but it's just so good. And I think they know that. I was shocked yesterday. I ordered from a local Thai place and they did not have a place to tip when I paid online. I'm like, you're crazy. You're losing out on a lot of money because I would, you know, I try to tip them pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I I do too. I and if you don't even give me that option. How how can I pay you? <laughs> I was laughing. The Chinese restaurant we ordered from um, was that on my birthday? It might have been on my birthday. Um, they just put it on the front step oh. and like rang the doorbell, and then he just the like <laughs> I tailed it. <laughs> I was like, bye, bye. You know, yeah. I don't expect to sign things today. I don't, ex- you know. No, <laughs> we're good. Businesses that have figured out how to pivot, I think, are going to do really well. That's what we're seeing too. We actually had a business like fully um, open up um, this last weekend. Oh, wow. Uh, in a city just south of here that I frequent all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're now closed down indefinitely. Really? Were they not supposed to open? Did they open too early or? Yeah, it was in defiance of current oh. current orders. Um, and I'm like, but what else were they potentially not following? Right. Health department regulations? Labor laws? What? All of them. 
Yep. So you're never getting any more money, my money if you ever open again. Because that doesn't feel safe. No, it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel safe. So let's talk about let's talk about your coaching company, right? So you are also running this the coaching company and you guys are, you have a retreat. So I'm assuming that one's going to be online this year. Yeah, they'll be virtual. <laughs> so, so talk to me about the coaching company. You know, I, you, you know, you work outside of the universities helping people with this stuff. Yes. Yeah. So I work um, primarily with small business owners and then other leaders and managers who either want to improve their leadership skills or, you know, I find with a lot of small business owners, they don't, they start their business because of what they're passionate about and that's what their business is. They don't necessarily know labor laws and how to best use HR. And you might think you know how to interview people and you end up interviewing, hiring, firing, hiring, firing, hiring, firing. And so I really hope, you know, look at vision and align your position description with your vision to make sure it matches and Mm -hmm. what are good interview questions and how can you recruit top candidates? Once you get them, how can you manage them and not micromanage them so that they want to work for you and stay working for you? So that's a lot of what I do. I also have a private um, Facebook group community um, called She Leads and it's focused mostly for women leaders and women small business owners to Mm -hmm. kind of talk about these issues and be able to bring up questions that they have and learn more about management and leadership and right now and how to pivot in this kind of new environment. I love it. Um, is there anything they need to do to be in that Facebook group? I know we have a lot of uh, They just have to answer three questions. You know, do you agree to abide by the rules? How did you hear about us? Yeah, and we'll, <laughs> and we'll, 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 we'll what's your number one leadership problem? Or yeah. what's your number one challenge? So. Yeah, this whole thing has been a challenge, you know, and then, I'll have, and then I'll have clients be like, how come my stuff's not done? I'm like, are you living in a box? Have you looked at the news lately? <laughs> also, I've sent like three, three emails about like what's going on over here. So yes, <laughs> we have not forgot about your stuff and it's not even due yet. So <laughs> we'll have time. I have time. <laughs> I have time and I'm working on it. Um, Awesome, Allison. It was so good to talk to you today. It was great. Um, So before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way for people to find you? Um, The easiest way to find me is my website, which is allisonbegor.com. And then also on Facebook, I believe it's, well, you can just look up my name and you'll find me. And then the Facebook group is She Leads, S-H-E and then L-E-A-D-S. I saw a bunch of them. I was trying to find it earlier. Uh, so I'll have to, what does the, is there like a picture? What color is the picture on it? Um, the picture is actually the Facebook group cover is three pictures Mm -hmm. of women leaders. And then the overall background is pink. Oh, okay, good. Maybe that's the one I was like, cause I, cause I Googled it and I was like, not quite sure which one it is. So that's helpful. Um, I thought it was the pink one, but I wasn't quite sure. Um, so final question for you. What is the one focus every business owner should have right now? Um, right now, I think it's on how to best pivot your business, mm-hmm. understanding that this current work environment is going to be around for a while. So, you know, I, you know, right now we're transitioning out of crisis work into more of this. This is it long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in the office next week. No. And I, re- but I really need my kids to go to school. Yeah, no, that would be great. <laughs> 
that's my issue more than anything. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do all summer. <laughs> no, right? Oh my gosh. Thankfully, I mean, thankfully we have my in-laws who are close. Uh, but what, what are they going to do? I don't know. I've never wanted to put a pool in my backyard so badly. <laughs> and I really don't like having pools. Oh my gosh. I can't. I mean, we can't even go to the pool. No. No. Like my one ace in the hole, like I can take you to the movies and go to the pool. I got none of that. None of that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.